What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Uh, yeah, doing well. Uh, healthy, alive, safe, not having any protests or anything. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, well, that's because they, they're not there yet. Right. We're going to get into some protests and stuff this afternoon. But we're going to kind of step away from that for a minute. We're going to talk about some. Well, this is kind of what we do in the morning, right? We talk about off topic stuff. So we're going to talk about some off topic things. Speaker Pelosi, well, she she broke the rules, didn't she? <laughs> she did. She broke the rules. Uh, she uh, she she broke her own rules at that. She pulled a Lori Lightfoot, didn't she? Mm-hmm. And she was caught going to I think I believe it was a salon. Yeah. Yep. In San Francisco. San Francisco. It was a salon that was closed but opened up for her, right? Yeah. No mask. Yeah. Did you watch the video? I did watch the video. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, to be fair. It's difficult to go in and get your haircut and wear a mask. Uh, I'll just, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't really, those two don't go together, but in, in her defense, if you will, I'll, I'll give her that much. In her defense. Yeah. But I mean, you, you've got to be able to see the hypocrisy here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, the the problem that I have with the whole thing is um, this salon's supposed to be shut down. And for the general public, it is. Um, if you want to go and have your, your haircut in one of these uh, locations that are shut down, then by your own regulations, um, you can't. In fact, you should well, well, probably Bruce, have them visit Bruce, your home or something. Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. She's a public figure. She, she's a public figure. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has to look. I mean, she obviously for for reasons, because, I mean, she's a public figure. She has to look good in front of the camera. Sure, sure. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I don't think a... I'll save it. I won't. I won't be that harsh. Um, honestly, <laughs> oh no, please. We're no friends of. We're no friends of that that uh, that evil woman here. Yeah, I. I don't know. I. I it's not. Let's just say the haircut isn't doing her favors. Uh, I mean, she's um, old, wrinkly white woman. You know, it just. Oh, how dare no. you! How dare you! I, I would like to know what the psychological side effects of Botox are. I mean, this woman's clearly it. But anyway, uh, yeah, she uh, what a hypocrite, what a total hypocrite going out and, and doing that. And, you know, Trump put out in a tweet earlier today, and I agree with him. I think that um, the salon owner must really dislike this woman for that person to release that video. So, yeah. OK. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe, maybe, or or he, whichever you know, uh, Solano. I'm not going to be, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's just, uh, oh, this is the hypocrisy of our of our uh, governors and and uh, you know our elected officials. Maybe maybe it's just, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. It, well, we're going to talk about some hypocrisy. I don't know. We're going to talk about some hypocrisy. We got some clips of Pelosi coming up later on this afternoon as well. We're going to be talking about, um, well, just we're, we're going to be talking about how Trump is fomenting these uh, these riots and this violence in the street, right? For, mm-hmm. for anybody that wants to know, right, it's Trump's fault that all that's going on, right? So we're going to show the uh, the hypocrisy of that later on this afternoon. But anyway, uh, but yeah, she uh, she's pathetic. She's pathetic. But okay, let's uh, let's skip over to um, we talked about this once before. It looks like a company's now been awarded the contract. This was only a concept. It was being talked about before. I don't know that a company actually got the contract. The Pentagon 
is taking their first step toward building a supersonic Air Force One. So they're going to, uh, looks like they're going to do away with the current Air Force One by 2025, it looks like. That's what they're hoping to have the first one up. But uh, the U.S. Air Force recently awarded a contract with the aviation firm Exosonic to begin developing a presidential aircraft that can travel at supersonic speeds. Reportedly worth $1 million, that's going to fund the work to modify Exosonic's existing plans for a supersonic commercial jet into a proposal for the presidential grade aircraft. So are companies like Boeing and stuff, are they not taking part in any of this supersonic stuff? They're not going to be doing any of this? It's just going to I other don't companies know. now? I, I honestly don't know. My, my first uh, implication, my first thought was, who owns this company? That's that's my first question. I don't uh, know. Because it's a good question. I've never heard of them. Yeah, Exosonic, and, never heard of them. Yeah. But they're saying that the, uh, you can check that real quick while I go down this. Uh, it says that they're intending to develop a low boom supersonic executive transport aircraft that will allow key decision makers and teams to travel around the world in half the time it takes now. Do you know, if this is anything like a Concorde, which I've been in a Concorde, and I've also been in a Tupolev, uh, the Soviet version of, of that, I I'm, had the unique uh, experience to, to be in both of them. And yeah, there's not very many places in, on the on the planet where you can actually do that anymore. But uh, the the thing is, is when you get into a Concorde, what's fascinating about this Concorde and, and others like which I mean, if you look at the concepts of these planes, uh, it's essentially it's the same looking kind of thing. So the difference between that and a regular 747, I mean, I've been in both aircraft, I've flown 747s before and even the larger ones, the seven seven seventy sevens. And the thing about it is, is those planes, those commercial airliners, they are massive. They are big. They have space. You can move around in them. In a Concorde, in a supersonic aircraft, you cannot. It's very cramped. I mean, I'm six foot three, and I had to duck down in that thing when I was walking down the middle of the aisle. So unless they're prepared to make this much, much bigger than what it was, then I, I don't see how that's... Of course, I guess it doesn't really matter because you're li you're literally cutting world travel time in, in, in almost no time. So I guess it doesn't really matter. You're not going to be... You're not going to be having like a desk and a bedroom and all that stuff on there as it sits. Uh, well, maybe not anyway. But the current Air Force One, the Boeing 747, they say that it can travel. This is according to Boeing. They say that it can travel at a maximum speed of 0.84 Mach, which is that's close to the speed of sound. But I mean, that's pretty fast uh, for a 747. Uh, but they're saying that dramatically increasing the speed could fundamentally change the nature of presidential travel and making international trips much quicker and easier. It says the low boom aspect of the project will allow the aircraft to hit those remarkable speeds relatively quietly, which I think you said they're working on this concept to try and redirect the boom to go up, right, instead of down. Yeah, some companies are doing that. And to, to put things into comparison for, for the listener, 800 uh, miles per hour, I believe at sea level, is the, the speed of sound. So that would be Mach 1. So mm -hmm. basically, 747, it, it travels at five to 600 miles per hour, roughly, mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in that range. So uh, in comparison, this this new one, how fast is the, they say the, the new one's supposed to travel? They haven't said uh, how fast it's going to be, but the company is intending to roll out a prototype of this new Air Force One by 2025. And uh, Boeing's already working on building an updated Air Force One, which I think Trump was responsible for that. I think he was responsible to, to get that project rolling. The Air Force was awarded a $3.9 billion contract to build two 
747-8 aircrafts to replace the existing uh, 747-200B. The new planes are expected to be completed by the end of 2024. If they're doing a prototype by 2025, we're probably not going to see it until, I would imagine, testing, what, 2030? 2028 to 2030? That's my guess. It'll be a while. Which actually, the the refits. I think uh, Trump here recently was on Air Force Two. He wasn't on Air Force One recently, so it could have been because he went to um, uh, what's the town called where we just had the uh, Kenosha. Kyle, uh, Kenosha. Yeah, he was just in Kenosha. It's possible they didn't have a large airport in that area big enough. But Kenosha isn't that far from large cities, which would have a larger airport. But anyway, nonetheless, um, the uh, according to their their website by um, this Exosonic, the aircraft is supposed to travel at Mach one point eight. Um, the, the one that they're they're building for commercial use is going to be a seventy seater. They're saying it can fly supersonic over land and over water with a muted sonic boom so obviously they're going to be doing uh things with wing shapes and and probably shapes of the engine where the thrust and everything happens so on and so forth that it's going to lessen the sonic boom looking into it the ceo and cto are both people that are basically just getting out of college uh more or less but the chief engineer and chief configurator both are people that have been in this. Uh, they're both guys that have been in this for years. Uh, between the two of them, they have 60 years of experience. Uh, they've worked on projects like the YF-23, the, the F-20, uh, the YF, let's see, uh, b- 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 X-37. Uh, the YF-23, I believe, is the um, F-22. It was, a, it was a variation of the F-22. And the F-20, I'm not sure what the F-21 was. But the X-37, I believe, is the F-35 current. Um, so anyway, the HyperX they've worked on as well. There's different air, experimental aircraft that they've worked on. Some mm-hmm. of them were Mach 2 aircraft, so on and so forth. So they have experience um, engineering this. They, you know, they're, they're obviously teaming up with the Air Force. Don't know who AF Works is. And you know, I'm surprised. Why Combinator. So. Yeah, I'm surprised because we see companies like Virgin Galactic – you know, with Richard Branson and um, the one that uh, Bezos is doing. I can never remember the name of what he's doing. It's like Blue Orbit or something or, or Blue Origin. Yeah, uh, something like Blue Origin, uh, I think is what uh, it is. Yeah, Blue Origin. Yeah. I find it interesting that these guys are what well, which Richard Branson. OK, I understand. But he deals in the airline industry, you know, with Virgin Atlantic and all that stuff. He, he deals with that. Now he's doing Virgin Galactic, but he's also looking at doing supersonic aircraft. He's looking at doing that now. I think Virgin Atlantic is getting involved in that. And I'm shocked. I, I don't know too much about what Bezos is doing. I, I I mean, I don't know what he's doing with Blue Origin and everything. I mean, it's, it's almost like he's he's waiting to see what the others are doing. I don't know. Most notably Musk. But to my point, Musk, I'm surprised that Elon Musk is not getting in on the supersonic deal because that I mean, that's travel. He's all about everything. I mean, he's doing he's doing trucks. He's doing cars. He's doing space travel. And especially for the astronaut programs, they've used Concords and Tupolovs in the past. So wh- why do you think he's not getting involved in any of this? I would think that he would want to be getting into supersonic aircraft. Because he's making something faster. His plan is to forego using aircraft altogether. Uh, the plan we're seeing is um, the, the, the Starship. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to use that for, for point-to-point travel 
on the earth. So you have one point to the other in about 45 minutes, anywhere in the earth, anywhere I in see. the globe I within see. 30 okay. to 45 minutes. So he's bypassing the supersonic idea altogether. He's just going to put you up into orbit and yeah. go up over a pole or something. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, speaking of him, he's planning to build, which we already knew this, he's planning to build a, uh, a glorious Martian city with one with a 1,000 starship fleet. Build 1,000 of these things? Uh, but he says, that this is interesting, he says, the first visitors will probably die. Uh, that doesn't sound very promising. He's reaffirmed his vision for a Martian colony that doesn't rely on support from Earth. Interesting. Uh, but his plan right now is to send a million people to Mars by 2050, which we've talked about before. He's going to build a thousand Starship rockets over 10 years. Man, that's a lot of production. That's that's really that's a lot of production. That's 100 a year. Well, once you get the design done, right, you get the prototypes going and you know how to engineer them, how to build them. I, I would imagine getting the infrastructure built to, to make them is mm-hmm. um, the, the lesser of the issue once once the others uh, the other logistics mm-hmm. of it is done. Yeah, that's true. And he plans to send three flights to Mars per day, per day. Each starship will carry 100 passengers per flight, and it would take roughly nine years to transport one million people. Uh, this is... Uh, I, I'm I'm baffled at this, by the way. I am too. I'm he just is, looking at this. He like, is uh, all right. He's all on board with this. Like we've got to get humans off the earth. It's that's, that's interesting. And and the fact that that the first ones there are going to die. We, we kind of knew that they were going to die anyway. It's it's they're going to die on the planet and probably never return to Earth. Uh, the first ones. Um, well, yeah, we we kind of know that. But I mean, it's it, we yeah. talked about that in the beginning. We said it was a one way trip, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I I think that's what they're meaning there. And it's not like a, oh, well, yeah. they're going to go there and do this stuff and then die. You know, it's going to be like, you know, it, I, I think it's I think it's more on the lines of they're going to die on the planet and not actually make it like be able to come back to Earth. Because um, you would have to build the entire infrastructure to, to make the rocket fuel. And and um, yes, you'd have to get the oxidizer going. And it, you so you would have to. You would have to have a whole, a whole infrastructure there on Mars to. to okay, do that. I see what so, you're saying. Yeah, so there's no. Okay, yeah. so what you're saying is until they get that infrastructure established and that manufacturing established, there's no way back. So yeah, okay, all right, I see what right. you're saying. So he says, this is his quote. He says, "Getting to Mars, I think, is not the fundamental issue. The fundamental issue is building a base, as you said, building a city on Mars that is self-sustaining. We're going to build a propellant plant. Yeah, there you go. An initial Mars base, Mars base Alpha." and then get it to the point where it's self-sustaining. I want to emphasize that this is a very hard and dangerous, difficult thing to do, not for the faint Mm -hmm. of heart. Good chance you'll die. It's going to be tough going, but it will be pretty glorious if it works out. So, oh, and he's okay. he's not wrong there. You you spring one leak on that thing, it can be like we've talked with the space station. Mm-hmm. You spring a leak that could easily uh, cause an explosive decompression, uh, and that would kill all the everyone there that's in that area. I mean, it would blow them out. Uh, Mars does not have an atmosphere that supports life currently, so yeah, it would be it would be really bad. It's really it's really a dangerous. It's like it's like living and working underwater the entire time, yeah. except the yeah. gravitational pull is less. So he's saying that, uh, of course, this Starship flight, he says he's hoping to do orbital test flights next year. The rocket is designed to be fully reusable, which I, I love that Falcon. I saw uh, I saw him put a satellite in orbit the other night and they used the Falcon 9 rocket. Mm-hmm. And I actually watched I, the video didn't cut out this time. I actually watched the thing come back down and it landed right where it took off. It was fascinating. It was, it was fascinating. The thing's in orbit and it's just it drops back down. And it guides itself right back. It deploys its little landing thing and it just lands perfectly upright. <laughs> it's just that's amazing. It's still in the testing phase, obviously. And he says that uh, 
He says the interior and the cabin haven't been significantly developed for passengers yet. Has he even released anything on what the inside of this thing looks like yet? Uh, I don't. I don't know about the concept, concept? of it. Yeah, right now the interior is just concept. They don't uh, like 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 it just said there. They they don't have it fleshed out um, yet. But that's. Uh, when you see a picture of the the rocket next to next to a human being, um, I see it there. Yeah, um, yeah I see it. That's that's quite it's yeah. quite a feat to get that into to get in uh, yeah. to get that size of a craft into orbit. Uh, that'd be really impressive. Well, if nothing else, he is a job creator. He said that a colonist would do once they or what colonists would do once they got there. He says there will be a lot of jobs on Mars. That's what he put out in a tweet. So I mean, I guess if you're looking for a job, yeah, yeah, there'd be a lot of jobs, but you're not you're not going to get paid. I don't. Yes, but it, like, isn't, isn't the cost of it, isn't the cost of it worth it? I mean, you're you're doing something for humanity. I mean, that's the thing is everything's going to be provided for you, and it's it's essentially in the beginnings. It's essentially going to be a socialist environment, right? You're you're all going to be working for the greater good of the the, the colony at that point. It, that there might be some kind of um, compensation or something for your family back on Earth. Um, I I honestly don't know how they intend to do that uh whole system you know but um more or less the people that are going to go there you're you're going there to start a colony on mars i mean so it's it's essentially that yeah it's essentially a communist Which, system just on a just on a just on a side note this is breaking nancy pelosi's come out and she's made a statement on the video that's been released on her uh, her salon <laughs> visit I'm serious. I'm serious. She's actually made a statement on this. She says it's a setup. Uh, she says that she was informed that they were taking one customer at a time. And it was like the advice was given to her by it was either like a family member or a family friend or whatever it was. And so she went there in good faith, of course. And now she's learning that it was it was a setup. The whole thing was a setup. Hmm. But anywho, okay, um, yeah, that's that's just okay. Yeah, it's just uh, man, I'm telling you, uh, the hypocrisy is real. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's round off here on NPR. Do you listen to NPR, Bruce? You ever listen to them? I I have, yeah. And that's some, I mean, that's some top level, sophisticated garbage. That is NPR. Oh yeah, fantastic. Just just oh yeah. I remember my fir- uh, my first office job. I, I remember I, I walked in. It was like a, it was a new job. I'd just taken it. And it was my first office job. I walk in and the guy that I was working with was uh, he was a doctor that just got out of law school. Right. And a smart guy. Right. Great guy. Uh, great guy to work with. And he says, do you like to listen to the talk radio? And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I like talk radio. And he says, OK. He says, well, I listen to talk radio in here every day. Uh, and I hope you don't mind. I said, no, I don't. I don't mind. He says, I only listen to NPR. I said, well, yeah, okay. All right. Well, it is what it is, I guess. But man, that was some, that was some just, it was terrible stuff. It was absolutely terrible stuff. This stuff that's, uh, that's coming out of there now, it's nothing but a factory of anti-American propaganda. That's all it is. There have been calls now to all across Twitter to uh, permanently defund NPR. The only way that this, co- that this organization even exists is from getting government money. You know, I don't care if it's the NPR, you know, the National Public Radio. I don't care if it's NPR. I don't care if it's the uh, what was the other one, Bruce? Uh, National Endowment for the Arts. Right. I I don't care if it's that. I don't care if it's uh, whatever. If you are getting government money, any organization, I don't care which one it is. If you're getting government money, that's bad enough in and of itself. That's terrible. But to get government money. And I think it's something to the tune of like, what is like four hundred million dollars a year is what they get or something like that. I could be wrong, but I know they get a lot of money, but they get that kind of money. 
They give their hosts and their execs huge salaries. And then they turn around. They've got a team of 100 writers for one radio host, and they do nothing but preach hatred against America. So how in the hell can you justify to continue to give these organizations money? Well, supposedly the government only gives two to four percent of their income from government. Mm -hmm. Okay, so where's the rest of it come from? Supposedly. Now, advertising? No way. No way. The, the, that's, the that's listeners. What I'm wondering. I mean, have you seen the garbage that they put out? That's the thing is I, I don't know where they're getting like uh, corporate sponsorships, maybe other grants and whatnot. I, I, I don't know. It's, but supposedly the, the, it's, it's only it's a small fraction of that. But honestly, even if it's two percent or four percent or 90 percent, I don't should care. Zero percent should be zero. It should be zero percent. Yeah, the government should not be giving them anything. Uh, when it even we 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 kind of um, applaud Musk and and the stuff that he's doing, right? Even Tesla got uh, a, a government loan and some subsidization mm-hmm. with uh, tax cuts and whatnot. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. they've paid back the loan and uh, the tax cuts are now gone. Whereas the the, the big um, the big three, if you will. Uh, Ford, GM, and uh, what is it? Was it Chrysler, Chevy? Chrysler. I don't know. Whatever. Chrysler. Chrysler. They all got a bailout. They've gotten multiple bailouts. We actually talked about that last year. They got some bailouts as well. Yeah. Um, and you know something? Ford, they, Ford, in the initial stages back in 08, they didn't take a bailout in 08. They declared bankruptcy. They liquidated. They reorganized. They restructured. And they were able to produce some decent stuff after 08. And they were in better footing than GM or Chrysler after that. Just a side note. Yeah, but yeah, but they they still owe the American people. Oh yeah, over nine oh, yeah. billion dollars. Oh yes, yeah, they're and, they're, they're, and in, Tesla, they're in hawk now. Yeah, and these these are big established companies and corporations that because of their own misdoings, that's why they were in debt and needed the government bailout. Whereas Tesla was just a new company that was founded, uh, got some government loans, paid the loans back, and now the the tax credits that they got for the uh, electric car write offs. Um, yeah, those those are over and gone. That that that's no longer a thing. I think it only lasts for like 250 or something like that. I mean, it's it's a you know, for the for those ones, they're tax write offs so of seventy five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But after that, there is no more. Well, Ford, uh, we'll, we'll say the big three again. The big three still are getting tax credits for their electric cars. You know, you you remember the, the the sucky smart cars, the the Bolt or Volt or whatever and Vault, the, the, yeah. the other one that was a yeah, one in, um, i think it was a one in uh one in five chance when you turned the ignition over it would uh, catch on fire yeah i mean the the chances of it or you getting in an accident and it would electrify the chassis on the vehicle or just burst into flames wow. i didn't uh, hear that one yeah they, they've had some people get injured or die uh from the chassis being electrified and they went to get out of the vehicle and touched like the door frame and it killed them or, or the, just the vehicle catching on fire because of the, you know, battery short circuiting and everything. So, you know, great cars, wonderful cars um, that they are. Um, Tesla produces far superior uh, product uh, on the vehicles. Uh, you've seen the zero to 60, yeah? It's like a zero to 60 in like two seconds or 2.6 yeah. seconds or something crazy. Yeah, I mean, like you right. step on that accelerator, it's, 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 you're, you're <laughs> sinking into your seat. I mean, it pushes you back. So, um, 
I don't know. They they produced a, a superior product. They're the ones that technically, if you want to pay fa- play favorites, they should be the ones getting the the, the write offs uh, and not the big three. So that's why I have a problem with the uh, subsidization because the government defines or chooses who's the winner and who's the the loser and what kind of insider trading is going on as well. That's uh, also another question. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next two days is the uh, the corrupt finance capital elites picking winners and losers. That's precisely what we're going to talk about. And because we're talking, we had to push 2030 back. So we're not doing 2030 today. 2030 will be tomorrow. That'll be our final piece on 2030. And then Bruce, I think you and I are doing some more stuff out of Davos, Switzerland on Friday. Yes, I, I think it's what we're going to do because mm-hmm. we're going to do uh, another piece on uh, on some other stuff. And we can tie in some social credit and some tech and stuff like that uh, and what they plan mm-hmm. to do in the coming days. So we can continue on with that agenda. Unfortunately, we're out of time this morning, so we're going to have to jump out of here. So thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning. 